Welcome to episode 84 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right guys, so welcome along to episode 84 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Good. Sounding a bit better than you, old cough boy. I know, man. I'm, I've gone through the wars lately, I tell you. Poor me. You're not training enough, you see. No, I've been training. Sick. I've been hardcore. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Um, anyway, this week's show, we've got... Oh, wait a second. Do you, do you want to do sponsors? Oh, no, no. Carry on. Iron Man Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com For the best coffee in the world. Trybuys.com Your online try shop And Athlinks.com Social networking for endurance athletes For all your results, tracking and social needs Nicely Did you done. put that in there, did you? I did. yeah I like the way you've done that Thank you He even underlined endurance Yes Mate, you're a, you're a broadcasting we, professional We are catering for the Ironman yeah, community I must make a comment before the show starts, mate I've noticed your hair's going to be a bit longer <laughs> You know, I'll be only one blimp every day so. I actually, I, I'm going to comment And I'm going to think that your hair's longer than mine at the moment <sighs> So oh, there may be a change of nickname here. I'll tell you what, the, t- my son Thomas takes the mullet award. Really? Away. He's got a shocking mullet. <coughs> His hair has just it's got that hair down the back that hasn't grown, fallen off. Everything else is sort of You're loving it, aren't you? He's got You're hoping it stays mullet. This week we've got our news. We've got age group of the week. It's actually kind of the, the traditional show, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We haven't had that in a while. High five. And the high five you guys are going to laugh at. I cracked up when I saw that. <laughs> uh, we've got Westside of the Week. Coach's Corner's on. I'm not sure if I've covered this before, but I thought it was good timing because a lot of you guys are going into running bases. It's sort of race recovery, and it's obviously important that we recover after triathlons, but if you're doing a hard running race, doing your, your recovery correctly is, uh, is pretty important. Nice. And lastly, we've got a few questions and answers to finish. So, we had a big race over the weekend. Ironman Florida. You are an Ironman. Second to last Ironman of the year, and some quick times to boot. Yeah, really fast times, eh? Boys smacked it out. Yeah, so it's good to see um, good Kiwis up there, Brian Rhodesy, taking out the swim, 49.02. Now, the, the other guy that was out of the swim with him, Chris Howth, he was an Olympian. I've read on some magazines he was an Olympian. I don't know if he was a swimmer or not, but um, I'm not quite sure what sport he did. But he was out in the, in the lead with Rhodesy out of the swim, both doing 49. I think Rhodesy maybe took him in the run. Rhodesy took him in the run and, and, and on the bike. But Rhodesy had an outstanding run. Uh, apparently, he even split the run, and he had people breathing down his neck. and uh, he helped Rhodesy had a good run. No, yeah. Oh, 257 is pretty solid. Is that good for him? Yeah, running the same as Stephen Bayless. Okay. Stephen's a pretty handy runner. Oh, I don't know. But uh, like the guy who won it did a 251. Yeah, that's only six minutes. Well, what about the guy who got second? But he's a legend runner. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Stefan Vukovic took the race out, swam 50 minutes, biked 435, ran 251 for an 821.29. And he was the silver medalist at the 2000 Games. Uh, he's, I think he's finished as high in the top 10 in Kona. Also, either won or been on the podium in um, Canada. So apparently, went over to Canada this year. Was in fantastic shape and uh, and couldn't race. Got sick. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, good to see Hence him back up. it up now. Yeah. Mm. Second, Sergio Marx. Great run. Two forty six. Two forty six. That's mm. an awesome run, isn't it? Fantastic. Ran himself up from a little way back off the bike. Apparently, also, and he swam fifty three. So ran up, and he was only ended up being two minutes behind um, Stefan. Yep. And uh, Rosie came in third. Yeah. Good, really good strong day and Rhodes has done this a few times now over the last couple of years putting some really good steady runs you know, he always goes to 
hammer the swim and hammer the bike. Um, but he's shown a lot more maturity over the last few years. He had a great result in Taupo a couple of years ago, yep. third. Um, and he's put in a string of really good results um, and, and hanging tough and, and showing that he is a, you know, an all-round athlete these days. Yep. Uh, Bailey's gone fourth. Anyone else to note? Well, the, yeah, the guy that got fifth is worth uh, noting. Uh, Massimo Signa, Signa. Apparently yep. he's an ex-pro cyclist. Used to be a lead-out man for Mario Cipollini. Oh, wow. Um, so you would have thought he'd probably bike a bit quicker, but nevertheless he, he biked at the same time as most of the other the top pro guys. Uh, pretty good run. But a, a 2.53 for a, a cyclist is, is fantastic, and he's a bit off the pace of the swimming. But, um, see Armstrong? Did you see about Armstrong? No. Uh, 2.46, I think. Okay. In, Not too shabby? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty he good. You would have taken you down by two minutes. Was yours 2.48? Well, it was my first ever marathon. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> um, I'd be able to take him out nowadays. But it was a pretty, pretty quick time to all round. When you look down to 10th place, 8.40. I mean, Florida is a really quick course, but um, still for guys doing 8.40 to be in 10th place, um, that's, that's pretty quick and pretty quick, pretty quick great. Uh, Justin Granger. Justin Granger, steady day, three, uh, 8.38. Oh, Pete. Pete Vibrusik, not so good. Ran a 3.11, so he was out of the money in 8.53. Yeah. Um, and on the female side of things, any interesting oh, stuff about actually, the race? Um, it was Go a record. On. Stefan Volkovic uh, set a new course record, I think, by one second or something like that. Oh, really? Did so, you get bonus? No, I don't think so. Some races you do, but I, I'm almost positive you don't. if you don't. Yeah. Good old Nina Kraft, back on the podium. Mm, back on the podium. I think she also set a course record, but uh, really... Fast race for the girls, eh? Good display. I mean, look, her swim, she was right up there with the pro guys. 50-minute swim. 4.59 on the bike and a 3.11 run for a 9.05, really fast. So I had a quick look back at last year's results <coughs> where Bella, I think, won and she only did a 9.28. And I think the year before that, I think Michaeli Jones, or Michaeli Jones won in 2.04 and I think she did a 9.20-something. So for Nina to come back and... So, so, so why is it so fast this year? I, I was away this weekend, I didn't really... Well, I think sometimes you get a bit, bit more wind on the bike. I think okay. it, was, it was a bit calm so this year. So conditions and, can be quite extreme. Yeah, and likewise with this one. But it's always known as being a very fast course. But, you know, Bella improved her time this, this year by 15 minutes on last year and still only managed fourth place. But really close race. Look at the differences in swimming. Nina Kraft does a 50... Yeah. And then the next woman, really, is about 55, 56. Well, you look at Bella's splits. You know, Bella swam 55, um, which is, yeah, like I said, five minutes down. She basically rode the same. It was a minute behind um, Nina Kraft on the, on the bike split, and she ran the same run split, or about 50 seconds slower. So, yeah. you know, the race for her was pretty much decided in the swim. If she could could have put in that same effort or same swim that she did in um, Ironman UK, you know, yeah. perhaps she could have come out a little bit higher. And, um Great ride there by Tyler Stewart though, four forty seven. Wow, that was that's as fast as a lot of the guys went. So yeah, that was uh, pretty impressive. And I think I mean, we mentioned uh, age groupers in Kona, about Kona a few weeks ago, and I think she might have won. I mean, first age grouper last year in Kona, not this year. So okay. Nina Craft first, Helene. Um, well, that's a cracking name. Helene Bidavati yep. in second, only two minutes behind in nine oh five. She came home in a three oh six. Tyler Stewart third. Bella um, fourth and nine thirteen, and Tamara Kuzelina in fifth and nine twenty. It's uh, Bella's first time not winning it in a few years, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah she's won it. Um, she's won it a good few times. So, yeah. well yeah. done to everybody who raced there, and also um, just a mention of the first age groupers that raced in um, Florida. If you scroll down the bottom of that page. Yep. First amateur man was Sebastian Lonard, surprisingly from Germany, in yep. uh, 8.48. Wow. <laughs> and on the He's girls, an age ripper. That's fast, man. And on the girls' side of things, Elizabeth Kenyon um, from the States in 9.41. It was an impressive women's race, and you got three women under a 9.10. Yeah. You know, that's pretty great, isn't it? Mm. Any race where you can pull that off is 
Obviously pretty good. It's a fast day. It's a fast day. The office coming up this week. We've got Silverman coming up. Silverman's a great event, I reckon. It's a late season race. It's um, got a little bit of different difference to it in terms of the team racing. I think this year they've got $100,000 on the line for the first team across the line. If we remember back to last year, Tyler Hamilton and his team should have taken home the prize money, but their runner was a bit of a... Uh, had a bit of a brain explosion. I haven't done my piece this week. Have they got anyone team this year? Well, they haven't really mentioned much. I had a quick look through the site yesterday and they didn't mention much about it. The big thing they're sort of pushing this year is the... It's not really so much a battle, but the race between uh, the Battle of the Ages, Dave Scott versus Chris McCormick. And they're not actually racing the iron distance. I believe they're, they're racing half, the half yeah. iron distance. So... Dave Scott is apparently in sensational shape. He's 53 years old or something like that. And... Um, and Macca, I would imagine, has been doing bugger all since Kona. Um, Come on, let's so be realistic. It, it's not gonna, Come on. It's, it's not going to be... Macca's obviously going to take him, but yeah. I don't think it'll be... Uh, Dave Scott, if he was still going racing as a pro, I think he would beat a big number of the pros. I'd love to see him race as a pro. Yeah. I'd love to see him just turn up to a to a solid race, maybe not a Kona, but like a... I don't know one of the other ones because they all seem to be very mixed. If he turned up at Ironman New Zealand, he'd get in, uh, I reckon, about fifth. Really? Yeah. That would be fantastic. And he would do that. You know, he'd, he'd break everyone's heart. Break my heart. Yeah. He'd be um, sub nine hours, uh, or, or he'd be yeah a little bit under nine hours. I'd say on, on a New Zealand course, he'd be somewhere between eight fifty and nine 53. hours. At fifty three. Yeah, he's he's outstanding. So um, and apparently he just still trains like a complete animal. He's got a few injury issues apparently, but well, um, obviously, imagine that body. <laughs> but he's he's really uh, I suppose him and, and Molina are the two that really still keep pushing it. Yeah. themselves. Because Tinley and I don't know what Tinley does these days, but Mark Allen doesn't do anything. Oh. Well, he, he keeps yeah. sitting there healthy, but yeah. he doesn't do any more racing. So Not the extreme stuff. Silverman. Um, we actually got an email from one of our listeners, I can't remember who it was, saying that the event organiser was keen to have an interview, mm. but we're kind of away over the next couple of weeks, so oh, yeah. we may jack it up afterwards. Cool, yeah. yeah. Apparently it's a really good race. and uh, well, It's the biggest non-Ironman distance race in the States, I think. Mm. I'm not 100% sure I'm not, I don't know. I, 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 I wouldn't put my life on that. <laughs> but look, they've got $50,000 in prizes. Um... So apparently you get a really good goodie bag, and that's what you often find when you go to these smaller races. You get a wicked goodie <coughs> bag, and a great way to finish off your season. They've got all the different team options there. So, um, well, I like this out. race because they're not an Ironman sanctioned race, but they they're innovative, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. You know, they try to think of ways innovative. to bring people. Yeah, a bit like us, really. Exactly. And and I like that because I think that you know how many other races they do get a lot of PR because they're innovators exactly. you know like how many other races get this kind of PR and mm. you know to get Chris McCormick a few weeks after Hawaii they obviously have done something right so exactly. good on them good on them I say silvermanenv.com if you want to check out race details what else happened on the news Jombo give me some news uh, Badman's having an operation Badman's had an operation but I didn't realise her crash was quite as serious as it was but there's an article up on uh, uh, triathlete mag and She's no, been inside, a, try. inside try. She's been having surgery. She's expecting her to be in hospital for 10 days. This, that, and the other thing. So she must have really screwed herself up um, in that, when she came off her bike in Kona. So, um, yeah, hopefully she's on the improvement. Yeah, she I'll says see. in the article that she uh, definitely wants to make a comeback next year and she's sort of definitely not over yet. She's certainly getting on in terms of age. Yeah, how old is she? Do we know? Oh, she's... I don't know if she's Late 40 30s. yet or not, but she's, she's not far off it. So, um... Yeah, let's hope to see her back in Kona next year and she adds a, you know, another dimension to the race. Okay then, and uh, Stanley did a marathon. He did, I'd be really keen to know if he did uh, this at maximum effort or not. That's a great picture, isn't it? Yeah, Draft non-drafting. <laughs> um, but he, he ran uh, over his main sponsor, Dres Dresner Klein, Kleinwort. Uh, he ran a marathon, he ran, what did he run, a 2.32? 2.32, pretty good time. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to know if that was Max Effort, because if he can run a 2.55 in Kona last year after setting a bike course record, I would have thought he could probably run <coughs> a little bit quicker than 2.32. And also, I'd also be really interested to know what Macca can run. If he can run a 2.42 in Kona, what he, it's not a bloody snack show, Bevan. Put your banana away. Mate, I've, I've, been a, I've done a, just about a two-hour run this morning, and I haven't had breakfast. I've got to eat because I'm an athlete. And I'm sure in your tips for recovery, eating after training. <laughs> is there. Is yeah, there. so am I doing the right thing right now, Jonbo? You suck on it. Oh, I get bananas good. But um, yeah, Sadler ran a 2.32, so that, yes, that is a fast time, but I'd, I'd be interested to know if that was a max effort, and I'd also be really interested to know what Macca could run for a fresh marathon. What do you reckon? Low 20s? Two, yes, yeah, I'd say so. I'd say if you can run 2.42, and heat and Kona after the bike ride, yeah. I'd say yeah, he should be able to run a 2.22. Uh, about a half? Quite a bit. Below quite, 60s? Quite, yeah. Yeah, it kind of depend if he was going to do specific race preparation. Yeah, for true, him totally. Not. But yeah, but no, so interesting news there's the old uh, Stadler back, back in the Dave Scott, I mean, Mark Allen did one once in the eighties, didn't he? And he didn't oh. do that well. Okay. Yeah, and it was a big thing because he was at the time he was kind of like known as the athlete of the world. Yeah. And there was a lot of pressure on him. I don't know the story completely, but I'm pretty sure well, he didn't go that well. Well, that's what you often ask triathletes. You know, what's your PB for a half marathon or 10k? And you never really do one when you're in peak condition. No. So but you, you don't train for it either, do you? No. You just kind of turn up. I've done one. Te- I did one 10k when I was in reasonable condition when I was sort of at my peak at Olympic distance. But when I was in, um, you know, most of the time, you know, you, if you're in peak condition, you don't want to go smash yourself in a 10k race. You want to go do a triathlon. What are you doing this afternoon, John? I'm doing a 10k timed run on the track. It's oh, going to be painful. Oh, yes, you invited me, but I couldn't make it, unfortunately. 20, 25 laps. 25 laps, is it? 25 laps. I've never really ran on the track that much. Is it hard on your legs? It is hard on your legs. It's hard on your head as well. It's actually not that slow, not that quick running on a track because you're running so many bends. You, mm. know, so you run much quicker if you do a 10k straight on the road. But I need to get my pacing sorted out for this half marathon. I don't want to go and smash myself to pieces. So I've just done a little test. To hard on the head just because it's boring? Yeah. Yeah, just lap after lap. One, lap. two. Hit that lap button on my new Polar Harley monitor. Boom. Four. That's going to be good. Good times. Uh, Barnsley sent us over, Bainsy I should say, sent us over some, a race, the Bull Buster Duathlon. Mm. It's happening on the 10th of November, which, wait a second, what's the date today? Yeah, it's this weekend coming up. Okay, good. Traditional season closer, closing for the long distance competitor in the UK. And, uh, yeah, all you guys... Get out there and do the ball buster. The ball buster. Ball buster hard as a rock. Um, is there a website? Go to do a search. Ball buster. You go five times up the infamous Box Hill. It's an eight mile run, 24 mile bike and another run at the end. Okay, and what else is happening news? Um, we've got, okay, try... Triominoes. Triominoes. You always talk about your bloody different board games you have, you know, your brain explosion. And oh, cranium. And all that. Oh, and you played Risk? Yeah, I've had the greatest game of Risk ever. Yeah. No, honestly, because what happened was, I had one man. Have you played Risk? You understand Risk? No. You don't understand Risk. Uh, Triominoes is a nice, simple game. It's do- dominoes, but with a three-sided thing. So it's a triangle. So you play dominoes. I played it all the time when I was in Rarotonga. Okay, well, I'm just going to quickly tell my Risk story. For those of you who know what Risk is, I had one soldier left on Madagascar. Right. So it's impossible. You're, you're out of the game. Yeah. Came back and won the game. Oh, wow. But I, I know you're not impressed by that, John, but for those of you listening who know what Risk is, it's the greatest game ever. You cannot beat it. Right. You can draw it, but you can't beat it. But anyway, sorry. Anyway, the only other things um, we have... Oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> Bit of controversy in our life. Well, what, what are we... Okay, okay so, so Brett Sutton, there seems to be a lot of controversy around Brett Sutton, and to be honest, I don't really know the history, and one of our 
listeners, and I don't actually recall who it was, sent us through an email kind of saying that we shouldn't really be supporting the guy because of his history and gave a bit of detail into his history. Now, I haven't done any research to work out if that's true or not, but the guy sent through to us. And, uh... John? There's lots of claims out there, and, and, and it, likewise, I don't know the exact truth, so I'm not going to state that online mm. because no, no, it's, totally uh, it's pretty bad <laughs> mm. um, to sort of say something that might not be potentially true. But anyway, he has got um, a bit of history there, but really what we're trying to get across is he is just obviously a stellar coach and he's produced more world champion athletes than anybody else, I would imagine. And so we were sort of judging him on those abilities, and I guess it's down to pers- you know, athletes' personal values whether they want to be coached by him or not um, based on his background mm, yeah um, but we're going to be doing an interview uh, later on today with Chrissy Wellington for next week's show so, which is very exciting yeah and, and Gordo mentioned a little bit in the interview last week about Brett Sutton's methods you know they're, they're quite extreme yep. um, and he pushes athletes very very hard and but he gets the results but obviously there's another side that some people have uh, yeah totally and support. if you want to find that out do your research because exactly. like, to be honest I haven't done my research and I'm not going to claim those things and Okay, John's right about Peter. Now, why are you right? Somebody sent me, because we were talk, you were talking about... Yeah, but why are you right? Because um, we were talking about, and I was saying in an American situation, some people might get confused about being a PT being a physical therapist. And apparently they, in the States, most people don't call personal trainers PTs. So I just wanted to make sure, saying, I was right, you were wrong. No, you know why? Because I've been to the States and we all call them PTs. Oh, rubbish. <laughs> anyway, we had a hot topic this week, and we've got heaps of answers. And... Uh, I'm just going to pause it for a second because I haven't actually done my piece. I have. Okay, so wait a second. I'm going to pause and we'll be back in one second. You probably didn't even notice that we had a break then. Professionals. Mm. That's what we are. So um, last week, Chrissy Wellington, who we're going to have on the show next week, which is very exciting. Uh, there's a lot of talk about her because she seemed to come across the line quite confidently at Kona. And it brought up the discussion, should an athlete be humble or confident? And uh, what do you guys think about that and why? So, Jombo... And we've got lots of answers. How many did we get? Because it sat up there for a couple of weeks while we were away, didn't it? 2,000 answers. Yeah. So, here we go. Um, here we go. We'll be finished in two hours. Yep. Uh, Jackson, is that how you pronounce your name? I hope so. Um, confidence. It's, a matter, it's not a matter of being cocky, just trusting one's ability. A race does not start um, at the start line. It starts when you are picking up your race packet. Oh, nice. I was actually going G-Sport. G-Sport said, humble in victory, Confident on the start line. I've never been either. No wins and never confident. Optimistic sometimes. Kira, nice. Well, Thomas Peoples said, you've got to be both. If you're not humble, you alienate people. If you're not confident, you buckle come race day. Gareth Scobie is basically saying that he gets the impression that people are getting confused between confidence and arrogance. And I actually agree with this. If you watch the race, Christy Wellington started waving her arms and tried to stoke up the crowd while running into Panani uh, on her toes. So, it's, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Is it cool? Yeah. Um, uh, Daniel from Germany says he doesn't mind big celebrations down the he drive, but he thinks further up the road it would be a little bit too early. Um, he personally thinks that most of the controversy um, derives from the fact that we don't feel good about a surprise winner at this level anymore. So, you know, you, you obviously, you're sort of coming across... Yeah, that, the um, drug thing. People want also want, um, you know, McKaylee or, or Natasha Badman to keep dominating and Chrissy Welling has come from nowhere, so you've got to look at some way to sort of shoot her down. So, you know, she's and also the drug kind of yeah. blanket nowadays that we assume. Yeah. Um, great name. Big Wave Dave. Big Wave Dave. Big Wave Dave. That's sensational. Personally prefer the quiet confidence of someone like Peter Reid or Tim Debu. Boone or John Newsom, yes, <laughs> rather, rather than the pro wrestling style bravado of Mecca or Bill James Isles. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you've, you've, you've spelt both our names wrong. 
To do, he did the E. He did the E. Get rid of that E. Big wave Dave, mate. And yours is with an I. That's right. It's an E-Y-L-E-S, guys. Mm. Do your, do your P's. Um, Willie Stroker. Uh, be confident as you only live once and you might as well uh, live for the moment as it might not happen again. And that's going to be the really interesting thing is to see how Chrissy Wellington backs up next year. This year, no pressure whatsoever. Yeah, and different life, she's going to go back yeah. and it's going to be completely different. Um, slam I am. Slam I'm going to the wedding. All right. I'm part of the wedding party. Couple of weeks. Very excited. Um, he's doing a tortoise in here. He's basically saying that um, overconfidence can be your downfall in a race situation. I don't mind celebrating and enjoying the win as she neared the finish line. She would have looked pretty foolish. She tripped over or knocked herself off or suddenly hit the wall and crawled away to the finish line for a second. You also got. To, I guess she probably had plenty of energy when she got to that stage. But if we all go back to the time when Paul and Yubi Fraser sort of collapsed. You know, um, yeah. of, you know, literally 100 metres before the line, but I mean, I'd imagine she'd probably been feeling pretty dodgy before then anyway. Yep. Um, Matt Rogan, to be honest, I don't think she um, would have been able to pull off the, the win without um, the naive enthusiasm and confidence that she had, and I kind of agree with that. You know, she just went out there and did her thing, didn't really, obviously didn't give her too much of a toss about the race uh, in terms of the conditions or a competitor. She just did her thing and um, just smoked everybody. Andy S is saying... Uh, he wants to see who they are, not some washed out commercial presentation of a person. If they want to cry, then great. If they want a quiet moment of reflection, that's cool as well. Celebrating from T1, why not? <laughs> oh, T2, sorry. Why not? <laughs> First out of the storm, I'm going to smoke yeah, you on the bike. I've got it. But he, and he's basically saying, you know how you were saying about Formula One, you know, they don't want, he doesn't really care for, oh, I don't want to thank my bike sponsors. The bike was the fastest out there today. My shoes gave me the edge. You know, he was really, he just wants to see the personalities, and I think yeah. that's fair. Um,. Uh, Mark said I thought Chrissy looked great she was smiling happy and delighted to win which is a nice change some people just sort of almost cross the line and don't do much celebration so he was obviously happy about that uh, Gubble is saying uh, respect the history the event that you and your competitors are in be confident in your own ability to achieve what you set out to achieve celebrate when you achieve whatever you set out to achieve and he's from Amsterdam um, Chance is saying you need confidence to keep yourself pumped up and keep fighting all the way to the finish. Nice. And I guess there's, there's two ways of looking at confidence though. There's inner confidence and there's out, outer confidence that you're actually showing. And um, and some some athletes might not be showing that confidence um, outwardly, but inside they're yes. solid as a rock. Okay, um, Frank. Some uh, should, some shouldn't, some should, some shouldn't. His quote. When you're as great as I am, it's hard to be humble, Ali. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, can you imagine great, the greatest being humble? Mm. Which is true. Mm. Isn't is it true? Mm. Yeah. Um, Roger Belly. Oh, bugger, I thought I was <laughs> Here we go. Here you go. Okay. Um, being humble <laughs> and confident are not mutually exclusive. <clears throat> You can be uh, both quietly confident in your abilities and humble in your acceptance of praise. And I think that's a key thing. I think most of us uh, don't mind the sort of pre-race stuff, but I think the guys that come across the line and then they start sort of mouthing off how they're the greatest, I think uh, sometimes doesn't come across um, really well. You up next, mate? Okay, so the other Roger, he's basically saying, and it's a good point, it's, it's about personalities, and he's, he was using our example again, he's saying, uh, if you look at Bevan and John, this is a perfect example of personalities that people are drawn to. Some have a better connection to the quick-witted, extroverted, humour-driven, spur-of-the-moment Bevan. Oh, turn it up, Roger, Jesus. <laughs> I think you nailed it on the head there. <laughs> and the other may be attracted to the concise... Thoughtful, more introverted, thought-provoking John. Actually, he got that one completely wrong. Thought-provoking, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he thinks either alone wouldn't work, but listening to both really works. And so, and I think it's true. I, I, I really do believe the personality thing is a big thing there. Cool. 
Sean O'Porno, what Chrissy did was not arrogant. She was celebrating the moment. And why wouldn't you if you dominated Kona and were well out in front at the end? Jeez, okay. even grow a mullet if it makes you happy. Well, it makes you happy, obviously. It does. It makes my son happy. Makes me happy. <laughs> it could be a family photo. Because exactly. if you're not long here, you could kind of make it into a mallet. Yeah. But good thing. Um, James Paul gives Chrissy a break. She worked massively hard to put herself in a winning position against the best athletes in the world and was about to become the first British Iron Woman champion ever. One of the fastest races ever. Mm. So give her a break. Oh, man. I'm angry. <laughs> Jim oh. Flynn, Chrissy's great for the sport as much as he, he likes the class and Michaeli and uh, Natasha. The sass of Chrissy reminds me of Ali or Reggie Jackson. And uh, Mark B, you really have to do a mixture of both. You have to have the confidence in yourself. Now, whichever way you express this is up to you. Bravado or not, be happy if just you've proven that you can do it for the big dogs. Your thoughts, Jombo? My thoughts are... Being a thoughtful, <laughs> concise... Thought-provoking. Thought-provoking. <laughs> I think, um, personally, you know, in terms of the actual performance on the athletes on the day, I, I don't... I don't think you need the smackdown talk and all that sort of stuff um, to sort of get in other people's heads. I don't personally think that works that well, but I think we doesn't need. It, doesn't it? I think we need really need that stuff for the the growth of the sport. So while I don't necessarily think it's um, required for the athletes going head to head, I think we really need it for for the growth of the sport and for. Um, we need more rivals, yep. and we need you know the, the whole Macca, um Every sport needs a star, doesn't it? It, it? it didn't really do much for me, but in terms of getting exposure for the event, it was it was fantastic. Yeah, and I think that's when the major you know the TV major TV stations, rather than just everybody logging on to Ironman.com, you know that's when they're going to start picking up on it when we get more rivals, and and that's why we've talked about this many many times. We need more. Head-to-head races. You know, we need these big four. You know, maybe big four races or something like that. Yep. We see these guys go head-to-head <coughs> and create some more personality. And I think the guys, you know, can, can take a leaf out of Macca's book in terms of doing a little bit of smackdown talk and stuff like that before the race. I think it does affect the competitor. I think, yeah. you know, like you know, I'm as much as I'm kind of out there and loud. When I'm competing, I'm actually not that kind of guy. I'm not the kind of guy who gives people shit. But I know people who are, and it affects me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It does play off your head when you're playing the game and. You know, look at the Aussie cricket team. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, they're sledge like hecking, you know, and if you're at doubt... They can't take it when they get it back, though, can no, they? No, well, they can't, <laughs> but, but you, you look at some athletes, I think it is an effective way of being an athlete. There's, there's different different ways of being effective. I mean, you know, take Cameron Brown, for example. He's a very quiet guy, yep. but if you're riding along in the bunch or whatever and Cameron Brown's in your bunch, he doesn't need to say a thing, and you're, you'll be sitting there going, holy crap, yeah. Brown is here. I'm yep. in all sorts of strife. I'm going to have to run really fast, or I'm going to have to break away. And he yeah. doesn't, Brownie doesn't say anything, mm. um, whereas Macca might be the complete opposite. So. But I think the key, what I really take from what a lot of people said there, is it's really about your own personality and that... I think one of the reasons Macca is so out there is because he likes to create the pressure for himself and he puts him, he puts his self out there to create more pressure mm-hmm. that he has to then live up to. And I think, when, you know, getting to talk to him when I was in Rote, that was the impression I got. I don't actually think he's an arrogant guy. I actually think right. he's just a really confident guy. Yeah. And, you know, he puts a challenge in front of himself and does everything he needs to do to achieve that. And uh, so, I, and but then I also understand, like, the brownies of the world who are just totally find it in their own. And so I really think it's just about finding your own way. I don't think... But I think we do need more personalities out oh, there. Oh, totally. The sport definitely yeah. does. You know, Mecca is great for the sport, isn't he? Yeah. You know? Yeah, a bit more of that happening. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, like imagine if you had two Meccas head to head at each other. <laughs> Tear each other's head off. Yeah, great. but it'd be great for the sport, wouldn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, but that was, you know, it's the Dave Scott, Mark Allen thing, isn't it? Because mm. Dave Scott was like the Mecca and Mark Allen was kind of like the quieter yeah. guy, wasn't he? Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Interesting, eh? Interesting. So anyway, what, what's happening next for Provoke you? <laughs> this week, I just needed some help this week. Oh, no, no, I've overridden you. Oh, far out, man. You do I, this every week. Well, you always come up with wet ones. <laughs> so a few weeks ago, I was talking about how I was listening to the other podcast called Smodcast with Kevin Smith, who you won't know. No. He's a movie director. Yeah. And they were talking about, and it's just two random guys talking crap. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of podcast would that be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, they were talking about Iron Man, and they were going on about how why would somebody ever want to do something as stupid like that? Because these guys, you know, we've been for a 10 minute walk and we're dying. What's that? <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> and we want to know, and you can write a book on this one. No, you can't. <laughs> and we want to know, honestly, what do you, why are the reasons you are drawn to the sport? And be concise with that. <laughs> Give us maybe three points or so why you can do it. Write a book. No. Write a book. Um, yeah, really, really, you know, because it's, it draws a certain type of person, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So why do you do... Yeah, deep. We want, to, we want the honesty. Your mum didn't give me any cuddles, you know? Yeah. It's all right. It's <laughs> the only way you can get attention. <laughs> That's okay. We know the truth. So anyway, why are you doing Iron Man? That's our age group. Oh, no, no, it's not. It's our news of the week. Yeah. Be- Bevan's, the Bevan's hot topic of the week. John just gets eliminated. Now. It was cookbooks. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> trying to help. Cookbooks. Come on. Let's, let's be on. <laughs> There you go. Age Grouper of the Week. Now, how does that say that? Helly Jensen. Helly Jensen sent us through this week's Age Grouper of the Week. I'm going to read you a little bit of his email. From Denmark. From Denmark. We love the Denmarkians. Danish, maybe? <laughs> maybe? Well, I just made that up. <laughs> I've heard your podcast several times and find it very entertaining. Well, we like it that you find it entertaining. I especially pay attention to the, your high five and age gripper of the week. In relation to age gripper of the week, I came to think of a friend of mine who just competed in Kona. I think he is the perfect candidate. We agree. We do agree. His name's Tommy Nelson. Nelson? Nelson? Something like yeah. that. Uh, and he's an outstanding age gripper. I mentioned his result in a minute, but first I need to give him some background information on. First of all, he's 34 years old, lives with his girlfriend, and they have three children. Well, that's an iron life anyway. The balance of everyday life with kids coaching several athletes and putting on Denmark's second largest triathlon, which is... Silkborg Triathlon. Yep. He holds a full-time job, but still finds time to train Eye for Ironman. This is his passion, and despite low training volume, he competes at a high level. Leading up to Kona, he averaged 15 hours a week for six hours consecutive weeks. So that's all the training he did. Although he must have had a base, surely. However, on average, for the whole year, he normally trains about 10 hours a week, which is bugger all. Oh, man, I'm doing less than that. <laughs> Yeah, but you're not doing 833. Yeah, well, <laughs> next year I might be. <laughs> I bet you'll be doing more than 10 hours a week. Um, so this year he raced and wrote. He pulled off a PB of 833, 12th overall. Seven weeks later he did Ironman UK, where he was the first age group at home and 8th overall at a time of 856. He was just 30 minutes faster than the second fastest age grouper. He qualified for Kona, where he, Kona, where he went uh, to win his age group only seven weeks after Ironman UK, and Kona was 905. He always wanted to win Kona. That was the thing that kept him returning to Kona eight times. So he's obviously worked really hard to get there. He kept believing he could win Kona if only he kept training consistently and returned to Kona. His weakest discipline has always been the run. And after a bike in Kona, he was only six in his age group. However, he had his best run ever in Kona with a 3.05 marathon. He went on to win by six minutes ahead of number two. A truly remarkable performance, especially because he had trapped... 
nerve behind, uh, behind something which prevented his performance on the bike. It just shows that anything is possible when you keep believing. A big inspiration. That's why I think Tommy Nelson or Nelson should be this week's age group of the week. And you know what, Helly? Yeah, he is. That's, a, that's <clears> awesome. TommyNielsen.com. I think it also shows, you know... Um, Consistency, eh? Yeah, but the fact that he was a little bit injured on the bike probably forced him to slow down, and then he pulled in another run, so that's a good good message. You know what? It's a good John Newsom tip, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Um, but 8.33 is fantastic in, in road. Uh, and then uh, 8.56 at Ironman UK. On, Ironman UK is a slow course. Yep. It's awesome to be 8th overall. Um, yeah, a bit of a legend, really. So, so okay, question. Should it be between Racing Pro now? Should no, he's an age grouper. He, he is an age grouper. He's because he's, he's, work, he's, he's working athlete. Um, he's got kids. He doesn't train like a pro. So yeah, definitely should be an age grouper. Hey, there's a, there's a photo of him. I'll pull him up. He looks like a gun on the bike, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Tommy, uh, yeah, I think that's awesome. It's great to see some good. Sca- there's, there's lots of good Scandinavian athletes, and it's obviously not the most conducive place for training over over winter. But there's obviously lots of places like that. It's, it's, it's amazing, really. That's like to do three races. He's Back delivered in three races, hasn't he? In a, you know, pretty so much a three-month period. Kona was, uh, no, Hawaii, um, wrote was June this year, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, June, August, yeah, October. October. Yeah, fantastic. You know, to consistently perform. Yeah. He looks like a mean machine, doesn't he? Big unit. Big unit. There we go. So if you want to check out Tommy and the legend that he is, He's go to TommyNielsen.com. Tommy and it's N-I-E-S. I mean, L S E, and actually, I'll have a link on our website. And you can read Dutch. Uh, well, it's not Dutch. It's Danish. <laughs> it's Danish. Danishian. What, yes. what do I call it? Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. So, uh, anyway, very worthy recipient this week. Yeah, of, great. Uh, so, Tommy Nielsen, you are our age grouper of the week. One, two, three, four, high five! We've been doing that for a while, haven't we? We haven't. We've no. Got to, we've got to be selective with it. We've got so many topics these days. And I tell you what, you've put a lot of thought into this one. Obviously, you're thought provoking. I am thought provoking because. I can't take all the credit for this because um, we were up on a camp, was it last weekend? And um, we are in the, the Hot Pools in Hamner, yep. beautiful place, fantastic place to go for a camp. And um, somebody asked me about the podcast and sort of what was it, and I was explaining it. I said, oh, we do... Life-changing. Yeah, we do this, these high fives, we do like peeing on the bike and pooing yeah. on the bike and all yeah. these sorts of things. It's funny how we come back to that, eh? Yeah. Of all the good content we have, that's what, that's what <laughs> seems to make us... And somebody said, oh, what about um, bogeying and stuff like that? I said... Nice idea. I'll take that. So we got, we got. I got the show notes, and I looked at them and correct bogeying technique. technique. Yeah, it is. It is important. You know, you don't want to end up looking like a complete idiot with boogers all over your face. So, we so when you're out with someone and they've got a booger hanging out their nose, let's say you're out for mate or a girl. Yeah. Let's say, okay, let's say a girl date yeah. out first date because I'm a single man. You know. Yeah. By the way, nothing's happening on that front. Yeah. But single man, I'm out on a date. The girl's got a booger hanging out her nose. Do you tell her? I'd let her know. Yeah. You would? Yeah. I'll let her know. And it's like if you're out, you know, eating finger food or something, and if somebody's got something on your face, I'll say, hey. <laughs> you know? Just scare it out, eh? Oh, I wish this was a video podcast here, because that was beautiful. <laughs> well, see, I would too. But a friend of mine went out on a date. Yeah. Slay my hand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if I should have said that name. I'm not sure if it was a bogey, but he maybe had some food on his face when he got home. Yeah. And he wasn't sure if it was there or not. <laughs> And I agree because, you know, like imagine if it was here all night. Oh, yeah, it's a shocker. A booger hanging out your nose. Yeah. Next to, you could you just carry, carry a mirror in your pocket, couldn't you? For, for you, you know? I'd do that anyway. Do you not do this? <laughs> okay, you want to go one for one? You haven't got a six, so I'm going to make up a six as we go. Okay. You go tip, first. Tip number one <clears throat> you've got to turn your head so as you don't get yourself when you're bugging. And this applies to both on the bike and the run. Not a good look if it goes all over your front. So and it's always really obvious head. because it goes all down your shirt. Exactly. Not that I've ever done it, but no. that's what I saw someone else do. 
Uh, one finger press down on non-boogie-boogieing nostril. Double barrel technique is not a good one. Yeah, look. I see some people doing the double barrel and it just is <laughs> not double barrel. You know, you just, you just move your head to the side or even just straight ahead and you just go bang with both nostrils at once and it just, it's not effective and it's not a good triathlon technique. Okay, but when you're, wait a second, okay, no, that's the next one. Mm. Yep. Um, number three, if you're in a bunch, be mindful of others around you. Um, <clears throat> so either do your bogeying when you're at the back of the bunch, or get to the side so your booger's not going to go flying back onto the Especially when you cycle, your booger heaps, eh? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, so, see, sometimes I don't go to the side, I go straight down, slightly forward. Right. Because I'm aware, especially when you're pack riding. Yeah. Because you never know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've got a six, actually, as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've got a seven. Oh, okay, well, I've got to think of six. So okay. sometimes, if you've got people behind you, it's actually better to aim the nostril yeah. angle, yeah. tip the head to the side, slightly forward. Down. Yeah. yeah. Try to avoid your bike. And get good, 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 solid, um, oh, good, good solid pressure. velocity and pressure. Yeah, yep. yeah. <coughs> Number four. Number four, is it me? Uh, if in a race situation, don't put a look behind you. If you hit someone with a greenie, they were drafted in a two-place. Two exactly. Actually, in a race situation, it's a strategy. It's, it's a, a strategy. weapon, isn't it? So, we're giving you more strategy. You've got your peeing as number one yeah. and your boging as number two. Just turn around and go, oh, I should have made see you there. You shouldn't have been drafting. <laughs> I need to do it again. Oh, I shouldn't have seen you there again. <laughs> one more time. Oh, yeah. um, number five, and this is an important one. Give yourself a little bit of a tidy up before you get into to T2 or, or when you're coming down the finishing shoot for the all-important photo. Um, so, especially when you're doing an Ironman, it's like actually, in all seriousness, it's a tip I think most people should do. When you may be coming through the last aid station of the bike, getting some water and really just sort of pouring it over your head, giving you, getting a lot of the sweat off your face and a lot of the boogers off your face, and uh, you're going hey. to T2 looking a lot better. Because you're going to be showing everybody that photo. Exactly. And yeah. uh, the finish line photo is very important. So, zip up, clean the face, get the hair right. I've got a mate, I'm not going to name names, but he always says boogers after a race, mm. like right down to his lips. Mm. <laughs> And I always go to him, hey mate, you got your boogers hanging out. <laughs> and, 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 he, and he just doesn't fix it. I think he likes it. <laughs> Honestly, I'm kind of thinking that maybe it's his look. It's the look he's going for. He's, he's in a relationship, you see, so he probably right. doesn't care. Yeah. Okay, you give me your six and then I'll make up a six. Just be, um, think about the wind conditions a little bit sometimes. If you're in a race like Kona, you know, it's a like, bit like peeing into the wind, you know, bogeying into the wind, it's going to come Ooh. straight back on you. So have, give that a little bit of thought. Okay, and my six or my seven will be... Um, I haven't got one. Actually, I've got a seven. Go on then. Um, the, the person actually who suggested this uh, this Tanya Tanya Merchant. She, Tanya. she doesn't listen. Oh, she, she does. She does the double barrel technique. And I was talking to her husband, who's also a triathlete, and he says she ends up with boogers all along the toe top tube on her bike. And you know they're really hard to get off. So. Um, if you do get stuff on your top tube, and this also applies to gels as well, make sure you give it a good clean down after the race because they can, can start chipping your paint and all that sort of stuff if you get hard things drying on there. There you go. There you go. Mate, high, high I tell you what, this week. you definitely have been thought provoking today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there you go. That's our high seven for this week. That's beautiful. We're doing it right for time, don't we? We're doing it. No, it's just uh, my watch was clicking. Oh. My new Polar. He's got his new Polar watch. You do like the watch, don't you? New Polar 800. Why is it so great? It's because you can. It tells you your, your running cadence Ooh. and it tells you your stride length Striding. and your pace and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, it's cool. Very cool. Maybe we should do a product review. I will do one at some stage. Okay. Well, there you go. So, what is it? High five. High five for the sweep. Boggering on the bike. Oh, should you ever put your finger up there? If you're a big one up there when you're riding. You don't generally get hard <laughs> ones when you're riding, do you? <laughs> what no. bogeys? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Move on. <laughs> 
go oh, there. No, don't. Oh, okay, sorry. Did you watch the uh, 40 year old virgin was on TV on Friday? It's quite funny. <laughs> it's a good movie, isn't it? Okay. Have you seen the Knocked Out? Knocked Up? No. Oh, the same guys. It's very good. Yeah. You wouldn't have. I'm anyway. oh, sorry. I'm delayed. Here we go. Website of the week, and uh, we got sent through this website by Peter Carlson. So we're not going to be able to come up with website of the weeks for the next uh, hundred years while Iron Man talk continues on. But uh, so sometimes we will be doing little clips. Yep. And uh, this week we've got a clip on YouTube. A very good clip. It's a minute fifty-one long. Uh, it's a fantastic clip. It's basically footage of the last sort of five hundred meters of the ITU World Cup race New in Plymouth. New Plymouth, yeah. which was in wasn't last year, it was the year before, so it would have been two thousand and five, I think. Two, okay, I thought it was last year. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Wasn't last year. Anyway, actually, actually, where you've actually paused it, I reckon that's me just there. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was right in the shot. I think that's if you go to thirty-four seconds into the shot, the into the um, into the okay, uh, but let's let's be honest, John. You won't be able to tell it's us, all about me. There's a there's a blur in the background. <laughs> you won't be able to tell us. There he is. There he is. There yeah. too. Yeah, that's me. Was it you? Really? Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. <laughs> but it's a wicked clip. It's got a fantastic um, music. Whether that Eminem song, I reckon, is just one yep. of the all-time great. Pump You're a bit of a rap fan, aren't you? Yep, that and Eye of the Tiger are two of the best. <laughs> Rising up! <laughs> Beautiful. But anyway, it's the final 500 metres. Because uh, you, you used Eye of the Tiger to race once, didn't you? Yeah, I was loving Great it. Great story. Yeah, basically, there was a bunch of guys running together. There was Chris Gemmell, um, Bevan Doherty, Rasmus Henning, and Andy Potts. And about 500 metres out, Gemmell just drops the hammer. smacked down, didn't he? smacked it. And uh, <coughs> opened up a big gap, running, running, Huge running, gap, Forrest huge gap. gap. Okay, so I'm going to turn the volume down. We're going to watch it. And uh, have a little bit of volume. Well, okay. But, okay, here we yeah, go. Yeah, a little bit of volume. Achievement is largely the product of steady raising one's level to the aspiration and expectation. Yeah. Here so we go. So, Gimmel, the boys are together. first, Gimmel in second. Um, oh, it's exciting times. They're breaking away three of them. They're in a the group. Andy Pot, no, what's Getting close to the finish, maybe a K from the end. All of a sudden, Gamble, out of nowhere, takes it to the left, sprints. Boom, opening up. Five oh. metres, ten so metres. Who's, who's, who's the guy behind him? Uh, who's chasing him? Henning's trying to catch him. Oh, he's chasing him. But Gamble, he's laid down the hammer. Look at his legs pumping, the arms are moving. He's got, he's got a little bit of hip, lateral hip movement. We're not liking that, but no, apart from that, it's all good. No, but he's, he's got about 30 metres now. Slightly looking back. Camera's not even panning back now. Oh, look at that. Back and he's got about 30 oh, metres on Doherty. Mate. Overpassing the peasants. Looks like he's passing Gomez. Gomez. Yeah, yeah. Gomez, who's that? He's into the 100% pure New Zealand signs now. Oh, there's John Newsom! <laughs> but out of nowhere, out of nowhere, from behind, sneaking up behind like a dark shadow. Here Where is he? Comes, here he comes. Oh, man. On the right, he's swerving. He's about to swerve to the left. It's about 50 minutes to go. It's a big sprint to the finish. He swerves. He's pocketing. Oh, onto the Bolt of lightning. Finish him straight, takes the race by about Arms in the air. two or three seconds. Yeah, baby! Yeah! Let's try some again! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so very yeah. exciting stuff. New feature of the show. So, <laughs> new feature of the show. So, what happened? Um, Gimmel went too early, and Gimmel is an outstanding sprinter, and uh, Bevan couldn't believe that he actually went because, in a, basically, a foot race for the last 
50 meters of a race, there's not many people in the world that could beat Gimmel because oh, he's really? just got an amazing kick. And like when you see Gimmel go so early, they're like, what the hell is he doing? But do you and, think uh, maybe he thought he'd break them? Well, that's what he thought, obviously. But um, he, he wouldn't do that again with Bevan because I think he'd be able to out-sprint Bevan. But good on Bevan for holding on because, you know, like the gap he had was, was a good 30, 40 meters, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. And, you know, like... Normally it would break a lot of people, wouldn't it? So he obviously is pretty tough. Yeah, so it was an outstanding finish, and we love seeing sprint finish. And if you go onto that um, clip, if you look down the related videos... Yeah, YouTube's really updated what they've done nowadays, and they've got related videos and... Yeah, some yeah. good stuff there. So, um, yeah, if you see any cool trife on YouTube clips... Look um, at that! Look who's in the related videos! Iron Man New Zealand 1990, posted by Bevan James Isles. There we go. It's had 1,211 views. Hey, Chris Gimmel's put his own interview up. Yeah. Got to get your own PR. Got to be That's innovative right. these That's days. Right, That's right. We do that crap. Mm. So uh, it's our website of the week. Go on to our link, www.ironmantalk.com, and I'll have a link to that on the website for this week. Nice. Check it out. Actually, if you want to send us through a commentary yourself, feel free. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up. Da -da -da. John goes to me, the music's a bit pussy. And I said, no, John, it's thought-provoking. Thought mm. You really are a thought-provoker. Yes. I'm actually just thinking. Oh, right now. You're thinking about post-race recovery. <clears throat> you know what? I, I, am. I think I may have covered this That's um, all right. past, but, but we're going to cover it Because I've been sending this to a lot of people uh, lately because there's a lot of races coming up, a lot of running races, a lot of things like uh, Clearwater, Florida. Some of you guys have been to Kona, and then you can... Or those of you aren't racing, you can sort of implement this to your plans for next year. Good plan. Um, <clears throat> okay, so wait a second, John. Post-race. What is a post-race? Post-race is when you've finished a race. Very or good. you can also use Keeping these tips simple. for post-hard hard workouts. So like for example... Morning, eat a banana. Yeah, eat a banana. So yeah. when I've finished my run this afternoon, I'll be following these tips and uh, I'll be recovering nicely. Okay, you've got seven tips. Could almost caught the high seven. We could Give me number one, Jombo. So warming down after your racing or your hard workout. Um... It's obviously difficult to do this after an Ironman because you're completely devastated, but if it's a B or C race, then you really should be doing some sort of warm down, like a half Ironman, you, know, you should be warming down. A good sort of um, way of doing this is probably about 10, <coughs> 10 minutes of easy cycling, just easy cycling, um, and also, uh, well, probably about 10 minutes of easy running first, and then probably between 10 and 30 minutes of easy cycling. When you do your long, spinning around. When you do your long run, like for example, like I've just done under two hours today, I pretty much have a point. 10 minutes out where I slow yep. down and it's, it's like in your longer runs yep. or that kind Definitely. of thing yeah like sometimes we do main set work on our longer runs yep. and uh, you don't want to be finishing your long run with you know moderately hard to hard effort you do want to be having a 5 to 10 minute uh, cool down sort after of an Ironman like okay we are, we are buggered and you know generally I, I don't think you can really well I don't think I could ever do a, a warm down after an Ironman so I the had, massage helps and the, the massage helps and some of these other tips are good for that so, so tip number 2 is to hydrate and eat well as soon as possible after yep. the race and that's definitely applicable to Ironman um, that will help your recovery um, quite a bit uh, and I generally key things foods uh, fluids are key so getting energy drink into you or any drink um, and then anything that's got good carbohydrate that's easily absorbed and also good protein as well so I'd suggest if you're doing um, a half Ironman yeah, or a longer distance, have a little bit of a um, maybe a chili bin in the back of your car or something that you can go and basically have a strategy or, or a number of foods lined up that you can take in. And uh, I know my stomach's often pretty sensitive straight after racing, and so have a variety of things and try to try to chuck them in. Try to avoid your saturated fats. It's probably what you feel like having, um, but if you can be eating really healthy and, and good foods and good fluids, that's going to help your recovery. You also find after a race, it's nice to get some real food into you. Yes. You know, just have some real... Yeah. yeah, food. I'm not touching a gel when I finish the yeah, race. Oh, man, yeah, it's horrible. 
Okay, number three. Um, once you're warmed down and you're fueled up, um, if this is a triathlon race, uh, go and stand in the lake, river, yep. sea, or, or have a cold bath later on. If you go back to Andrew maybe, Abercan, it's yeah, about, maybe 30. about 32 yeah. or 34 or something like that, he'll talk about um, sort of cold bath techniques. But if you're at a race, you'd go and stand in a river, lake, etc. for about 10, 15 minutes um, once, once you are cooled down. Good thing to do when you do that is to put a, t- a warm um, thermal top on and maybe a thermal um, hat as well so you don't get too cold. And we're like, how long? Uh, I'd say about 10 to 15 minutes or so. Yeah. Okay. And uh, this is something we've talked about and um, this is probably going to sound like a real sales pitch but it's <coughs> not. Uh, when, we, when we first got the skins we obviously had the guy on talking about them and um, he was saying oh they're good for this, that and the other thing. And I'm, to be honest I'm always a bit sceptical of things like that yep. um, but I've actually found them to be very very beneficial for my run recovery. I don't know what you think but I've... You know I do. Yep. Um, they they do to be honest they just seem to be like run tights tight run tights yeah but um however they work whether it's a placebo or whatever I'm finding that I'm getting a lot less muscle soreness after my hard runs so they seem to do the trick you, you know think- what I I think with that combined of doing that my yoga and cold baths I'm amazed how how yeah how less pain or soreness I have the next day it's um you know you do your big two hour three hour run and Nowadays, when I, because I use that strategy, put my skin, I have a bath first, use my skins, and because I've added yoga into my life, um, it's you know, like it used to be three or four days, and like yeah. the next day, sometimes it feels like I've done nothing. Yeah, it's so really great. If you do want to get any skins, obviously get in touch with me. Oh, you sell some, do you, John? I'm selling some skins, so you can go through to my um, my site, and you'll get a, a little link through there, and uh, I'll even give you. A, if you say you're from Ironman Talk, I'll give you a bit of a discount. Oh, that's good. You're a right salesman, aren't you? <laughs> Thought-provoking salesmen, I always say. No, they are good stuff. Um, Stretching is obviously really important, and that's something you definitely do want to be doing after an Ironman. Um, because you're probably not going to be able to do a warm-down, um, doing some stretching is going to help your recovery. <coughs> and it's often that sort of three or four days after the Ironman as well where you've got to be really prudent because you're probably going straight into your off-season, and you've got to look after your body. So when you do kick back and do a little bit of training, you're not stiff as a board, um, and that's a time when you can get injured. So... Bit of the yoga, bit of light stretching, a um, bit of light swimming. And You're not too stressful. Recovery. Basic stretching. Keep it really simple. Legs up the wall. Oh, just before you do that, yep. if you are doing it days afterwards, make sure you do a 10-minute warm-up. Yep. So just, just don't go straight into stretching. Actually, do Go for a 10-minute walk or something just to get the muscles moving, get the blood flowing a little bit, and then they'll help with the stretch. Yep. Legs up the wall. So basically, you put your ass against the wall. Um, legs um, go, go flush, vertical. Flush, flush against out. the wall, and uh, that helps flush things out. And the other key thing is in the, the days after the race, um, especially if it's a, an extreme race like an Ironman or a half Ironman, really continue to eat really well and hydrate really well, and that's really important. And I generally say um, avoiding alcohol um, on the day of the race if you can, um, especially in that sort of, say, first but is it, one okay, to here four we go. hours. Here we go. So you've done your Ironman, you've finished. You're going to have a month off anyway. Surely it doesn't matter. Well, I th- it does, yeah. I think in that first three hours, it does. I think by the time you get to that evening, you're, it's not going to damage you too much, but I think the first few things you take in are reasonable. Who suppose that? Well, it's my phone. I'm getting carpet laid, and if there's any problems, I'll tell them to call me. Is it the carpet layer? No, it's not the carpet layer. It's okay. We'll turn it off then. I just did turn it oh, off. Man. Okay. We, we were taking it to the next level, and just let us down again. Mr. Thought-provoking. I don't know. <laughs> People will be thinking about my carpet now. Oh, that's true. Well, there you go. You're provoking carpet thoughts. But anyway, those are some tips. And, uh, and do take them seriously. And I guess the main thing is to write down a plan for what you're going to do after the race and have somebody there to force you into doing it. Yeah, and, and with your plan, actually show the person what their role in it. Mm. Okay, anything else to add to that? Nope, that'll do it for today. Okay. I think also, post-recovery, a bit of mental love. 
Right. Yeah. Just yeah. check that in there. That's still provoking. Yeah, I tell you. Well, mental love as in like, you know, make sure you enjoy the experience. Right. Tell you what, I'm a thought provoker too. Gold that was. Let's go. <laughs> Questions. Who answers? When we have our 100 show highlights, that's going to go down as the highlight. You reckon? Yeah. Okay. Well, I get to do that, so I'll just put whatever I want to put in there. So you go. Uh, okay, here we go. First of all, Jim Snitz, he's basically saying, uh, where is follow it? Follow up to last week's question on the show. Um, Okay. At what point does it make sense to do a specific block of training versus the need to continue to develop IMS-specific aerobic fitness? I've heard some people say that until you can... Oh. The hell? Whoops, that's my Polar watch again. <laughs> you're like a robot. <laughs> I am. Oh, man, you're so thought-provoking. Um, so, uh, so blah, blah, blah. I've heard some people say that until you crack 11 hours, you're better off keeping an overall balanced approach and then really focus on glaring weaknesses once you've hit that kind of competency. Yeah. So my comments on that, um, yes, aerobic importance is probably the primary th thing you need to improve. It kind of depends on what sort of athlete you are, because um, if you're an iron junkie, if you're single, and you can uh, <laughs> afford to do your training, you know, put in big, big, big volumes yeah. of training all the time, and you absolutely get off on it, and you Just for the record, love it. you will remain single. Yeah, you will remain single. So if you want to do Ironman training 12 months a year and you love it and you enjoy it, yep. then, then it's, it's not necessarily a bad um, policy. But I think for most people, they really need a bit of variety and they need to keep their training interesting. Um, and so having a bit of an off-season focus, you know, for example, on your running, does keep it interesting. Um, but I'd, you know, I'd say if you keep repeating the same thing, same program for 50 weeks of the year, you're probably going to plateau a little bit and, and get There's no periodization, is there? No, no. no. So, um, so I think it, yeah, uh, you're right in, in thinking that your improving your aerobic uh, fitness is, is of vital importance, but I think you, a bit of variety is, is, is interesting. gives you a bit of a chance to do some racing over winter. And I guess the other thing you need to think about is your climate as well. In New Zealand, we can generally keep a 12, uh, could keep an Ironman focus all the way through the year because of our weather in winter is not too bad. But a lot of the northern hemisphere places, you know, northern states, um, yeah, it's, it's harder to ride 12 months of the year. So... I think generally most of the athletes that I work with respond well to having an off-season focus on something other than um, try training. Okay. What are your just... thoughts, Bevan? Because you tried doing um, two right. iron races back-to-back -back and that was more or less, you know, say an eight-month Well, period. I pretty much did five years in non-stop training, really. Yeah. Um, I think that you've got to go through periods where... Uh, so what's the question? At what point does it make specific... I think if you're over 11 hours, I still think you want to work on your weaknesses in your off-season. Yeah. I think that... That will make huge improvements to your overall race, yeah. um, because. But I think you really need to choose between your cycling and your running. I would say focusing on your swimming exclusively over winter is probably not the most no. effective use of your time. Unless you're a top top level guy and you're looking for minutes. Yes. You know, but yeah. it's it's really not for your for your eleven hour plus athlete. But, but I think you yeah, focus on your swimming or your, your you know your cycling or your running, and I think you benefited from doing, going doing some bike racing last year. Yeah, yeah, totally. And this year, you know, I think you'll see the benefits from doing some run racing. Ben so, Forrest Cup. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's nice. You know what I've really enjoyed about this time away from Ironman training because I'm not training as much, and I don't like we're getting on the bike last week and doing that race. I don't seem to have lost too much of my bike fitness. You know, I'm obviously not where I was, but uh, you know, a couple of months on the bike, I'll be back there, and uh, it's quite nice mentally. To, you know, because we do such a consuming sport, to actually only have to train, you know, ten hours a week. Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm really enjoying that aspect. And I think that when it comes time to actually start my next Ironman block, I'll be really fired up. Whereas to be honest, I think I was getting a bit tired of just the exactly. day in day out grind. And yeah. um, so I think, 
you know, again, it depends on where you're at, but I think to add variety to your training definitely makes you more rounded athlete. So, mm. yeah, cool. that's my thoughts. Uh, next question. I, he also Ed? loved the periodized, reverse periodization. So. No, this is the next one. This no. is from Ed. Oh, okay, Ed. Yeah. Okay, so Ed, great show. Topic of periodized, reverse periodization. Uh, I know the show is about Ironman talk, but do you guys... Uh, middle of the pick, I'm... Okay, go on, go on. Um, It seems that no, class... But do you guys think that too many... Um, that too many, especially middle of the pack Ironmans, are, get, are getting too Ironman-centric. Oh, okay. So sort of just solely focusing on Ironman and just sort of aerobic training and things like that. Okay, because is what, that the main question? Yeah, because what Klaus okay. kind of did is he was sort of focusing on doing some quicker, harder running before he got into his main season. So Ed goes on to say, it seems like too many people make too much of a distinction between Ironman and Olympic distance triathlon fitness. Old school boys... Um, did it all. Did it all and essentially followed a reverse periodization model because they did a lot of Olympic distance racing early season and halves and things like that and then they basically prepared for Kona when it was about um, yep. you know, 12, 12 weeks, weeks out, out or yep. something like that. They sort of finished their season in, in July and then August, September, mid-October were, were Kona preparation. So, 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 so do we think that they are? Do we think we're too Ironman? Well, the, the problem lies in that uh, time has gone, things have changed when Kona used to be the good old days of Kona you didn't have to qualify you just enter and I think that's probably the key uh, thing true. that's changing probably more so for the for the age group athletes if you finish in the top 10 in Kona um, as an elite you automatically get a slot for the next year so yeah. you don't theoretically you don't have to do it but that's only 10 guys exactly yeah. and the first age grouper in each category gets a Kona slot yep. as well so, so I think the main problem is that most athletes have to qualify somewhere, whether that's New Zealand, Arizona, middle of the season race in the States or, or, or Europe, and they've got to basically train to be fit enough to qualify, and then they've got to go on to Kona. So they kind of have to have an Ironman focus all the way through. And what they're going to struggle to do, if you want to do that, if you start throwing in lots of Olympic distance racing and things like that at the weekends, it sort of shuts that weekend out, so you can't do any long training. <coughs> you sometimes want to do a mini taper from that, and then you've got to have a little recovery, and all of a sudden, you know, you've missed maybe two weeks of doing your long ride or your long runs. So yep. it's quite a hard balancing act if you, if you want to include Kona in the equation. If you're not including Kona, then it's a different story, and you can kind of play around with your periodization a bit. Um, What's OD? Olympic distance. Okay. But having said all that, I think a lot of our elite Ironman athletes would benefit from doing some more Olympic distance racing. And whether it's ego that they don't want to go and do it because they know they're probably going to get seen by the short yep. course guys, I think a lot of them um, would benefit from doing some some top speed stuff. Um, but, but 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 racing an Ironman as an elite athlete, like we're talking top twenty in Kona, is very very different to racing as an age grouper and actually. Uh, uh, just trying to do a good steady all-round day. There's a lot more tactics involved, and um, I think and one of the dangers that we have when we get like age group of guys, middle of the pack guys, doing becoming too Ironman centric is that you lose the mental toughness of being a racer. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that one of the really good things about doing a cycle season was that I raced every weekend, yeah. and um, you know that just takes you mentally to a new place within yourself. And in cycle racing and running racing is very very intense, and you find that that gives you a toughness and you have days where you just break and then you know you learn how to handle that and you learn that if you hold on for 10 seconds more and I know that's not really Ironman specific but there's a mental toughness that comes with that yep. that you don't get from doing one Ironman a year yep. and you maybe if through training for an Ironman you get that kind of endurance toughness where you can you know I know I can go ride for 8 hours today and great but you know sometimes in a race I doubt like I think one of my weaknesses as an athlete is that in that really tough moment I don't have the experience to keep pushing and that's something I'm really kind of working on at the moment you know doing these races these shorter kind of races is that 
I I find that it's really tough for me. You know, like Nat beating me the other week. I think at the end of the day, he only beat me because I wasn't mentally tough enough, and um, and it's just because I don't race enough, and yeah. and that's a learned experience. And I think that if you become too Ironman centric, you just you don't. You know, sure you're out with your mates and you have your day where you you know you compete in training, but racing is just a completely different level. Do you see what you did there? What's that? You combined that question with the first question. Well, you know what? I'm trying to be thought provoking <laughs> because that's that's the whole thing. Doing your off season racing, it gives you a chance to go out there and smash yourself around. And if you bulls up, you know your. It doesn't matter. It's an A and B race. Yeah, yeah, you totally. Just go out there and, and run cross country and stuff like that. And uh, and the thing is, is that like for me, the, the net example where you took me out, and maybe I, I, you know, I don't know if I would have got him anyway. But if I was a bit mentally tougher, I would have held on for longer. And uh, you know, but that's probably the first race I've had of that intensity in, in like a year. And. It's cool because I just, okay, what do I learn from that experience? So then, you know, next time maybe I just try to hold on for maybe a minute longer and see if he snaps. You've got to follow the math strategy. You've got to pace yourself a bit more on the climb. Yeah, maybe I, sh- I did smack it on the climb. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely first to the top. But, you know, it's like, to me, the value of racing is just so important. And that's where Ironman really lacks because we don't get to race a lot. And, uh, you, you know, you look at, you know, you, 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 when you were younger, you, you did your apprenticeship and you were racing every weekend. And that, that kind of toughness that takes you to another place. And I think that for Ironman eccentric people, they just don't get that. And then you get to the time in Ironman day and, you know, you're sure you're tough, but you get to that point where you're losing the run. And if you don't know what it's like to push, you know, that, that kind of push that comes from the intenser races actually helps you at that moment. So I, I really believe that doing other style of racing and shorter and more intense stuff you know, while you don't want it to be detrimental to your overall plan, can definitely be beneficial for your mental yeah. game. So it's your thought for the week. Well, hopefully it was thought provoking. <laughs> <laughs> so <yeah>. anyway, <clears throat> so that's our um, questions for this week. If you have got any questions, feel free to send them to um, ironmantalk at gmail.com. So sponsors, we love them. <laughs> we want to marry them. We love them so much. <laughs> So first of all, we'll go. I'm gonna change my name, John. John Athlinks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you should name your boy. Athlinks. 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 Anyway, one of the things um, we talked about was it last week or the week before when we had our age group of the week, Rob Chance. Yep. We sort of talked through his his uh, yeah great yeah. and we kind of made a little bit of a joke out of it. But um, oh no, we made it entertaining. That's what we, did. <laughs> we made it entertaining. But I, I was having a look through it yesterday, and uh, and I think that's something that a lot of people can really need to work on a bit more is their sort of post-race oh, analysis totally. and so Athlinks is a good place to do that you know they've, they've basically got a sheet you can just go through and just record some of your information you don't necessarily have to answer every single question but really important to write down obviously your times are going to get recorded on Athlinks because you'll put that race result up there but you go through <laughs> how you felt during different parts of the race how you paced it heart rates things like that and then you've got it stored somewhere and then you can go back to it and refer to it when you're preparing for your race the next year and you know what I think is you guys should actually all get into the habit of using this the um, this the brief overview of your race report on athletes because you know we like to I like to read people's race reports but so, you know it's a big experience and sometimes people write quite lengthy race reports and for a lot of people you're a close family and they're going to read that but for a lot of people who are just workmates yeah. you know they're, they're probably not going to put so much time into it whereas the athletes one if you sent them that link and it's just a real brief quick That's overview nice. yeah then it's a really good way for them to get an idea of what you've done um, at the same time you know, in a short, kind of concise way. So, and then you um, can send them the 10-page report later Yeah, on. yeah, and, you know, they may be interested in that. And, like, because I, I think the 10-page report is really cool because it really, it captures a moment in time yeah. of your life that's really important. And I think it's important that we kind of put down that experience. But, you know, again, not everyone's going to read it. And, uh, you know, the, I really get on athletes and use that because it's a really good tool. 
Antifinks.com. Yep, and get the ketchup for you. Wait a second, what did you put at the top there? You put, it's a great place for social networking, for endurance athletes, for all your result tracking and social needs. Beautiful. And then we're going to go to Coffees of Hawaii. We've always got exciting news on this show, I tell you. Oh, no, I'm going to add something. They've got an ad for radio we're going to put on here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, so we'll put that on right now. Wait a second, not now. Now, right now. (laughs) (sighs) Gift time. What to give? Gotta be something Hawaii authentic from the Aina. Here it is. Coffees of Hawaii is offering its Molokai Estate gift tin. Three half pound bags of great coffee package in a handsome metal box. <laughs> I like the box. This Molokai coffee is 100% grown and processed at the Coffees of Hawaii Plantation in Kuala Pool, where they roast the same day they ship. Go to coffeesofhawaii.com where you can mix and match the new Kono Nightingale Bean or the Island-style blends. Coffee captures the essence of its soul and weather. That's why at Coffees of Hawaii, we say, Sip the Aina. Essentials Hawaii. Coffeesofhawaii.com So that's beautiful. beautiful. We've got other exciting news as well. If you want to go onto coffeesofhawaii.com and get some coffee, just enter the code IMTALK when you're in the checkout and you get 20% off any purchase. Yeah, this is a great time to be doing this because it's Christmas time coming. It is. And there's going to be some new things coming out. Um, Not quite on the site yet. There's some good on you, Albanator. That's sensational. It is. We've had lots of good feedback. Again, we've probably talked about this a few times in terms of the raft at uh, Kona. Oh, we've got an email. We'll do that one next week because we've kind of gone on with this one. But yeah, yeah, we've got an email about how great the raft was. Yeah. Better remember that one. That's right. Okay, and lastly, trybuys.com. Getting more feedback. I'm getting plenty of people who are sending me reports on um, items I've bought off trybuys and they're finding it fantastic. Well, I was wearing that jacket. Yeah, two times you. I know I'm not ready to talk about two times you, but that's awesome. Yep, good. I was wet this morning, this morning, put my mm. two time you jacket on, and I was looking really cool, and it's got tribos on it. Nice. People go, what's that? And I say, oh, it's the best online world shop for tri athletes. It is. And yeah, guys in Christchurch are buying stuff off there, so, and they're finding that they can get shoes cheaper than what they can get here in New Zealand. I had a guy who bought a couple of pairs um, of shoes off there, and he, yeah, he said it's saved him about, yeah, even with the shipping added on, it still saved him a good sort of 50, 60 bucks. So. Nice. Don't just think it's a, an online um, store for for the Americans. It's uh, they basically they do ship globally, and uh, and now we've all told you about Craig Alexander. Oh, look at that! That's oh, cool. look at that! Back it up. Back Here it. we go. If we just logged on. Uh, Andrew Carter, the guy we talked to last week. From was it the Christchurch, New Zealand, was the winner of the Tribos Blackwell Research Wheelset Giveaway. Oh, that's beautiful. It's on the homepage, Andrew Carter. You, mate, you're world famous. You better be listening to us, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> And they also sponsor, um, they've got Craig Alexander on the books, and uh, you can go on there and you can read a little report from Craig um, on their site about yeah. his Kona experience where he got second, which is outstanding. And, and I must say, not that I'm really big in promoting other podcasts, but Computer had a great interview with Maker. We're going to get oh, yeah. one as well, but um, check that out. It was a really good interview. Um, here we go. Craig loves us to his family. Thanks. I love you. I know we're not part of his family yet, but... He's Come on, we are. Part of the, the Iron Man family. Brother John. Yeah. Brother Bev. <laughs> Brother Love. Did you just watch wrestling? I did, Brother Love. Brother Love. Were yeah. you a big wrestling fan? I was. I loved <clears> wrestling. <throat> I had figurines at all. I've still got them. Um, who, who was Did Jake, you get the Jake cards? Snake. Jake yeah. Snake. Yeah. Ravishing Rick Rude. Yeah. It's the Kiss the Girls. Brutus the Barber Cake. 
Beefcake? No, no Brutus. Beefcake. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, right? oh. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yeah, who was your favourite? Um, the, the, the. Brit Hitman. The, the, what, were they, what were the team? The Heart, Heart Foundation. Heart Foundation. But, like, what were your favourite? Brit Hitman Heart. Jim the Anvil Nightheart. The Heart Foundation. Who was your favourite, like, number one? Did you like Macho Man or um, Ultimate Warrior? Ultimate Warrior wasn't bad. I did quite like Jack Snake Roberts. Did you? Yeah, it's a bit mysterious. He's dead now. He overdosed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. What you gonna do? With the Hulkamania! Ah! Ah, they don't build them like they used to. Anyway, go to trybios.com for all your triathlon needs. That's beautiful. And we also, a um, couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Alvin Connor.com, the sort of deodorant products. And a little bit late news for this, but if you go onto the, sh the, sh um, the they, store now... We do good work for you guys, that's sensational. 25% off any products in the store if you enter the code IRONMANTALK82. It's at the shopping cart 25% stage. and it's pretty cheap anyway. Yeah. And the thing was, my daughter went into my bathroom. That's the yeah. only girl who goes into my bathroom. Yeah. And she goes, Dad, you bought some really fresh stuff, didn't you? Oh, I said, back it up, babe. That's right. Looks good, but it's really cheap, so mm. there you go. Cheap, so, good quality. Good quality. And it is really, it's you know, not, it's I'm not really cheap, enjoying it's it. inexpensive. Well, it's, it's not cheap looking. I'm just yeah. saying that. Well, my point was that it looks really flash. Yeah. It was, yeah. Thought provoking. Thought provoking almost. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we have to, oh, um. Email questions to ironmantalk at gmail.com. John's coaching website. Um, coachjohnnewsome.com. Should know that. I should know that. And uh, anything else? If you want to get some skins, you can get in touch with me and I'll give you a discount. Okay. Anything else? No, that'll do for this week. Okay, what do you have to do for the rest of the week, Jumbo? Uh, getting my carpet laid now. If they're not there when I get home... Did you leave the door open or something? Blunder's still there. There's going to yeah. be some ass getting kicked. Oh, do you kick a bit of ass there? I do. Because you're a bit like Jack Snake, aren't you? Yeah. And then I've uh, got my 10k run this afternoon. Because it was Jack Snake and Ravishing Rude that hit each other, didn't they? They did. And Ravishing kicked kisses. Jake's wife, didn't he? Yeah. In the crowd one time. And then she became a wrestler, didn't she? Oh. Or was that Macho Man Randy Savage? No, that was Elizabeth. No, she never wrestled. Didn't she? One of them did. Well, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, well, and you got to run. How are you feeling about that? Mentally ready? Um, game on? It's going to be game on. I was going to do a 10k race this weekend, so that's the whole reason why I'm actually doing it today. There's this one in Hackley Park, and um, I looked at the, ra the race times from last year, and the first guy did like 39 minutes, and I oh. thought I'd look like a real dick if I turned up. Oh, you should do it, mate. I did a fun run. And oh, I did a fun run. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I decided to do my own personal quest. But you know what? For you guys out there, if you want to get a bit of sponsorship and you want to make yourself look good, turn up some good C-grade races and you win them. And because the thing is, people don't know. Yeah. And they don't know. And you, yeah. you, you go, oh, I want to run won this race in the weekend. You want to race? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, pull out a 35, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. Oh, it's a good gosh. trick. Anything else? No, it's about How's it. the boy going? He's good. Sleeping? Yeah. He's not. He's not the world's greatest sleeper. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Do you get up? Uh, what does he need? The mum's face. The mum's boobies. Mother's milk. Mm. Very good. What about you? Well, I had a huge weekend, to be honest. I've been up in Auckland for a week. And uh, Auckland. I was successful at my job. I was happy with that. I achieved what I needed to achieve. And then I stayed out all night, Saturday night. I don't understand why people do that. Well, <laughs> it was a pretty good party. It was a very good party. And uh, so I did that. And then I'm actually off to Taipei tomorrow. Mm. So um, I go to Taipei and I got to go teach some aerobics over there and train some people how to be instructors and stuff and that's very fun. And then practice that Taiwanese again. Oh, I only know I love you. Yeah. What well, I need, but mm. I should learn more. Um, and then you gonna go to sleep in the back of your friend's car again? Is that in Taiwan? Yeah. Well, I told him not to take photos this time <laughs> because that's not good enough. Anything else? Any goss from the weekend? Remember to not wear your skins and your trousers on the plane? So yeah, that was a bad move. Trust me, guys. Skins are awesome on the plane, but don't wear cargo pants over top of them because yeah. I was sweating like a dog. Mm. 
Animal Are you going to go for the meal record this time? Well, I'm not training as much nowadays. I'm not as hungry. <laughs> Do you find that when you don't train, you're not as hungry? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, and other than that, no, no. Nothing else exciting happening? No. Some girl asked me for a pash. I said no. Okay. Got the hand? No, that's not well, going Should you have to? Well, because we were out in the town, we were dancing, I was having a great night, I was with my friends, and there was a girl there, and I wasn't really interested, and, and she came up and she asked, and I... Yeah. <laughs> she just lay one on you, instead of just get in Well, she, took, she started playing this game where she put ice down my top. Right. And I wasn't really into it. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you do? And so I said I need to go to the toilet like four times. <laughs> you put the big fend in, the, the tan umanga fend. <laughs> the big, booyah! <laughs> so, so she's dropping the ice down my top. So I said, oh, look, I'm going to go to the toilet. That's my strategy. If I'm not into you, I've got to go to the toilet. She's thinking, all right, here we go. <laughs> but I needed to go to the toilet like four times in an hour. Oh, so you think you get the hint. Right. And then she asked for a kiss, and I said, oh. I said look, um, she doesn't listen to the friends. I'm pretty sure she doesn't even know who I am. She was pretty drunk, so it's <laughs> poor girl. Anyway. Iron Rusts. I'm in though. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Listen to the Chrissy interview. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. This next week. Very. <laughs> Chrissy, Chrissy Wellington interview next week. Going to be hot. That is, it's very exciting. We think we're going to be the first in the world to have it. Yeah. We better be. We're actually recording at 10 o'clock tonight. John's going to be in the iMan Talk studio. I'm going to be in sleep mode. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of the show. Good times. See us. <laughs>